0: What's up and welcome to Rant and Rave Wrestling episode 36. I'm your host, the double R superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe I'm here with the professional, Blake Short.
1: I just got a note from Dr. Brent Baker. She says this brawl needs to find Jesus ASAP.
0: And the unprofessional, Greg Overson. Snap into a Slim Jim. Today's news includes MVP's new stable, Vince's interest in NXT and more, all leading to our main event, the RNR Battle Royale featuring Raw, Dynamite, NXT and SmackDown Live. Before we get to that, welcome back, gentlemen. It's good to be here. How great does it feel to not be over Skype right now?
1: It is so much better. It is so much better. I was so done with Skype, so I'm excited.
0: Uh, Blake, I am extremely disappointed with your quote for the week. Really? This was the this was your moment. Did you not watch Raw? I did. This was your absolute moment, and the one time that I would have been okay with it, and you didn't do it. What should your quote have been for the week, Blake?
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. It should have
0: been one more match. Nah. How many opportunities will you ever get to do that's that a, again? That's that's
1: a great quote, man. I'm surprised Greg didn't say it. That's that's such a great quote. I was never See, into the one more match.
2: I'm just going to
1: Now, I did not use it for Smash. The
2: why.
0: And I'll let, you, I'll let you explain to the listeners why that was the perfect quote so for you. So,
1: I understand why Roy's saying this because when we went to our... I went to my first WrestleMania with the guys in Orlando and we had a night where we played Smash. And we were doing some drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Me, probably a little bit more than I should have. And we were getting to the point it was about, what, 2, 3 o'clock at this point, Roy? It was later than that. It no, be- no, it went on much later uh, than that. Fir- yeah, okay. when we first started. Yeah, I we think-
2: stopped Smash around like 3 or 4, and we were up till until I,
1: I think, I think around 3, we were like, alright, let's do one more match. Of well, Smash Brothers. We're playing uh, Smash, Smash Brothers.
2: Uh,
0: Back at the... At the resort in Florida, right? In Disney World, yeah. yeah.
1: And it turned into me asking for one more match, maybe for another three hours.
0: (laughs) Yes, with a drink in his hand, every time the console was about to be turned off, or in some cases was turned off,
2: everybody in their own separate rooms, you just hear Blake yelling, one more match. So, a fun story is, I shared a room with our buddy Wingate, Uh, we had our own little room with two separate beds, and... We're probably both half asleep, and Blake busts through the door and goes, One more match! (laughs) At like 6.30 in the morning.
0: It was Blake at his absolute most obnoxious. Uh. And the one time, like the perfect opportunity, because every week he comes on here, and for his intro is a quote from somebody from one of the brands. And I just felt like this was the one time... That it, I could have marked out for one more match, and you didn't take the opportunity.
1: Yeah, you know what? Now that I look back on it, maybe it was a missed opportunity. That's a good call there.
0: Well, I'll let you go ahead and tell me about your week. Maybe you can redeem yourself.
1: So I've got four thoughts of Blake for four you of Blake this, week. this week. Number one on the docket for this week. While I'm glad to see us making progress in moving on from COVID-19, especially with the podcast, I'm going to miss driving with nobody on the road. It was so relaxing to be able to drive a rush hour on a weekday and not deal with any traffic. So that's a thought that came to mind. Number two, and Greg will be able to relate to this somewhat. Anyone else who listens to Sirius XM Octane or Tur- Turbo will know just how often they play Tool. I think Tool is one of the most overrated bands of all time and their songs are trash. Thought three, as I mentioned last week, I started to play Pokemon Go again And I've noticed I have an unhealthy obsession with chanting Drill Burr every time I catch this Pokemon.
0: Fantastic.
1: And my final thought of the week is I went to the driving range for the first time in my life and found out I am not going to be a very good golfer. (laughs) I think I hit the ball over 100 yards maybe twice. I missed the ball much more than that. And that's what I have for this week.
0: All right, Greg, what about you? What have you been up to?
2: So, uh, Sundays he was referring to with golf. Uh, I'm going to be a much better golfer than Blake. (laughs) He will. Um, I hit it over 150. I've hit it at least 200 a couple times. Um, And that was my first time in probably 15 years since I picked up a golf club. Uh, So, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, This week was a hit of every possible emotion. Uh, Anywhere from... Caden going back home after having him the last almost four months through quarantine. Uh, Kim's grandmother got rushed to the hospital and was basically told if she didn't make it there that day, she would have died. Um, To her finally coming home and then finding out that her dad is having health issues. It has been all over the board with emotions this week. But to the best of my ability, I have tried to stay positive. And I'm happy to finally be back and doing this with you guys and not looking at you on a freaking screen where half the time you're frozen or you're just not there.
1: Well, that was your Skype, not ours. You're
2: right. All
0: right, well, I don't have anything nearly as real as great stuff. So it's going to be a weird transition from some real-life problems back to some uh, ridiculousness. But for me this week... Some, you guys...
1: some would say ridiculous. ridiculous.
0: So last week, remember I told you, or maybe not last week, but at some point I told you guys about my stove. Yes. And the fact that I put uh, the paint remover on it and we can't use the stove because we're unsure if it's going to explode. Well, now the microwave also stopped working. All we have is the toaster oven. And so Kaylee came over for the weekend and we were just cooking everything in the toaster oven. And It actually really worked. we you put the whole frying pan in the toaster oven. You, we've made burgers. We've made chicken parm. We've made uh, Swedish meatballs. All kind of stuff. I it think you, really you well.
1: guys need to create a YouTube cooking show just based off
0: the toaster just oven. On the toaster oven. <laughs> you and Kaylee. Um, Raquel texted me this week to tell me that Diplo's new album is a banger. I'm gonna take her word for <laughs> who? it. Who?
1: Um, I, I meant that. I don't know who that is. EDM. Okay, I've never heard of them.
0: Is it a is it actually a banger, Greg? Or I don't listen to it. Okay, I, I he know. seemed very annoyed by I that. I know a lot of because of, of the amount of
2: music I'm into. I know a lot of different, you know, but they're in that genre with like Skrillex and Marshmallow and shit like that, which I'm sure you've heard.
0: Yeah. Another thing I want to talk about is the announcement of Pokemon Snap, baby. Oh, uh, yes. Dude, have either of you played this when you were younger? Like, oh my god, it was that was my shit. I stayed on that on the 64. I, that's And that's is pretty much the answer
2: that I expected. Blake, no, Greg, yes. <laughs> yeah. I am so excited for this game. Did you get a chance to see the trailer? Dude, I, I had goosebumps the whole time. I was so excited for it to be back. I, wanted, I, I said I wanted a remake. The Switch is perfect for this. You can move the Switch around, use it as a camera. You don't have to play this on a TV. And it makes the interaction with the game so much more in-depth. So, Blake, real quick, the way it
0: basically worked is it's a game that's on rails, so there's one set path that you're, that it's going automatically the entire time, and you're just going through the scenery, different lands, maybe a volcano, a forest, an ocean, and you see the Pokemons, the Pokemon in their natural habitat doing their own thing, some of them interacting. Um, in, the ori- in the original Pokemon animated series, there was a guy that was a Pokemon photographer, and so the game was based off of that. You take these pictures and you get scores for it and different stuff. It's just a really relaxing game. <clears throat> the last thing that I want to talk about is a couple, we made some french fries in the toaster oven. So Kaylee brought the french fry in and she's like, does this feel like it's too soft? So I split it open and I'm trying to blow on it to cool it off. Somehow, I blow on it and a piece of potato goes out of the inside of the french fry and into my eyeball. And all I could do is close my eye. And feel as it's burning and just wait for the burning to stop there's no way to get it out of my eye it went into my eye and I closed it and I had forgotten about this and wasn't going to talk about it until a few hours ago before you guys were coming over and I was using mouthwash and I gargled and some of the mouthwash went into my eye
2: how so does it, this happen it has not been a
0: good week for my
2: eye speaking of where are your
0: glasses buddy my glasses are somewhere behind me you want to see it Yeast. All right.
1: I'm the only one without glasses now, even yeah. though I need them. Give it time. Do you yeah.
0: not have good eyesight, Blake?
1: No, not at all.
0: So I don't really need them for when we're up close like this. Um, it definitely helps with like TV and stuff, and like lights especially because lights are kind of like a smear.
2: So it definitely helps with those too. Right. I've noticed. So the way I sit when I play games is I I used to have to be like right up on the TV just because, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I thought it was more of like a concentration thing, so I've noticed now, like, I'll take my glasses off to rub my eyes, and immediately everything on the screen, it's gotten to a point that I think my eyes are so used to the glasses, I cannot read words on the screen now.
0: And that's that's something that started happening, too, As I wear them more, when I take them off, I'm like, how do I live like this?
2: Exactly, and I think the same thing, like, I, is this what I was seeing the whole time and thought it was normal? Alright, we'll jump into the news <clears throat>
0: Uh, there wasn't a, a ton of super interesting things going on this it's week. It's about
1: time you got a bad news week. I And see, this is supposed to be my week. So I'm hoping now that we, we rotated a little bit to help me. The, I, you'll
0: get some of the good to ones. To let now. everybody
1: know. So with us coming back live together, I wanted to try and focus on pretty much getting back in routine with what we use for our platform. So Roy is going to host again this week. And I was talking about last week, I told Roy, he always gets the good news weeks, and I seem to get the shitty ones. Well, on my week, he got the shitty news week, so I'm hoping that next week, when I host, I get some good news to talk about.
0: Alright, so Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Radio that combining the Raw and SmackDown rosters into one troop is something that's been talked about. Greg, it seems like WWE constantly struggles with finding a way to give each show its own identities. For one reason or another, right or wrong, the rosters eventually blend together. Do you guys prefer when both brands share a roster or do you,
2: or do you prefer a brand split? It needs to be a brand split, especially with the amount of superstars now that they're still not utilizing. Um, the fact that we would get two shows a week, that's going to consist of Seth Rollins. It's going to consist of AJ Styles, both shows, Charlotte, the the tag team champions, you know, for whichever it's. It's just going to take away from the talent that is getting TV time right now, and you're just going to see the same super superstars, 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 Those damn week superstars. after week after week on both shows. And it's going to get to a the point rated R superstar. It's going to get to a point to where they like it was before. You're going to have a match on Raw, then you're going to have that same match on SmackDown, and I don't want to watch the same show twice. So what about you, Blake?
1: So, one thing I'm noticing is I forgot that we can actually talk at the same time. I'm so used to Skype, so I love that I'm able to do that again. So, I think they need to keep the brand split. It's funny, when they first announced it, I was so against it. I don't know if you remember Roy, we were talking about. I'm like, this is stupid. I don't like it. Now I see all the benefits of it. And I think, think about a guy like Apollo Crews. You're never going to see an Apollo Crews if there's no brand split. He's just not going to get on TV. Uh, You're going to have the focus of maybe five to ten wrestlers. You're going to see them every week. And that's what it's going to be. I think they need to keep the brand split. I think they need to stick with this Invitational if they're going to have people show up on other shows. And that's the best way to go about it. The only advantage that I think you could get out of going away from the brand split is taking away some championships. And maybe some titles feeling a little bit more important. That's the only thing I can maybe see good coming out of it because I do think there's a lot of titles and they just don't get to really give, give enough meaning. But overall, I think they got to keep the
0: brand split. I'm glad we're all on the same page on that one. I definitely prefer the brand split. And I think WWE has a great ecosystem set up where anytime that anybody gets a little stale, you can just swap them to another brand and it feels like a big deal. Um, and it's a really great refresh for the character. And I remember, I do remember when they first announced the the brand split, and you being upset with it, Blake. That was back when we were still doing uh, Fantasy League. Mm-hmm. you remember that? And I was excited because I felt like I did a little better in Fantasy League whenever there was a brand split. And I felt like without it, I didn't do very good. So at the time, I was pretty excited to, to get back to that. And I don't know what it is, but it does feel like every time, at some point, something happens... To where they have to start putting them back together, whether it's ratings or COVID-19. Like, something always comes up. It never seems to work. That they can't just keep these brands separate.
1: Do you want to tell the listeners what happened after that brand split for the fantasy wrestling leagues? No, we have a
0: lot of news that we've got to get to today, (laughs) so we're not going to talk a lot about that. Uh, There's been some talk that Apollo Crews could be headed for a heel turn and MVP could be building a new stable. Like, let's assume we have Shelton Benjamin, MVP, MVP, <laughs> MVP, MVP, <laughs> Bobby Lashley, and Apollo Crews, in a stable. Is this something you're interested in?
1: Not only is this something that I'm interested in, I would absolutely love it. Okay. I think MVP has been an absolutely fantastic manager. I agree. He's been a great... I have all. loved what they've done with MVP, and that's probably part of the reason why I've, why I've enjoyed Bobby Lashley so much lately. Um... Apollo, we had the roll-up and, and him holding the ropes. I think that was a small Loves tweak. It. Yep. And, and it was a small tweak in the character. And maybe that is the transition and him becoming a heel. I think this is a great idea and I would be totally
2: down for this. So... You, Greg. I, I have obviously given my standpoint on uh, Bobby Lashley. Uh, Hater. Please hold. You <laughs> son of a bitch. So... This week, I've hopped on the Bobby train. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was MVP. It was MVP. I don't know if it was Bobby Lashley kicking Lana to the side. I don't know what it was, but I started to enjoy him. He had multiple backstage segments where I started going, okay, I can get behind this. Then you had the Shelton Benjamin situation where he was telling, you know, uh, Apollo Crews, you know, this is what you need to do. You need someone like MVP. And I actually sat there and thought about it and was like, I can see that I can see his run being very limited if he's going to stay a face so it all made sense to me I don't know if Shelton Benjamin would be added to it but I wouldn't be upset but I'd I'd be behind it
0: okay um I definitely agree I've loved MVP MVP's role lately I think one of the best things about him is I haven't seen the man lie yet everything that he says is real and Kind of echoes my own thoughts if I were if I were in this WWE universe with them. Um, and I think he's actually done a lot for Bobby Lashley. All right. It sounds like Vince McMahon has taken a greater interest in the NXT product and more main roster stars will wrestle there in an attempt to increase ratings. I think I'm going to start. I think I'll answer this one first. Dream match time. If you could book one big match with an NXT wrestler against a Raw or SmackDown wrestler... Who would it be?
1: Could you save me for last for this? Because I actually have two, and I don't think either one of you will touch on them.
0: Yeah, and so the reason I'm going first, and I don't want to take the tone away from you guys, I actually, when I sat down and thought about this, there wasn't a lot that I could get excited about. And I think it says a lot about where my interest is with NXT, because I feel like a few months ago, if I was asked this question, I had so many. And now I can't really think of that much, and that's why I wanted to go first, because I don't think I'm going to have the most interesting or really excited answer. If I was going to pick anything, I would just take Adam Cole and The Fiend, because I do feel like Adam Cole is pretty invincible at this point, and I would like to see him push to the absolute limit, because I have to imagine he's not going to be able to beat The Fiends. So it would be interesting to see exactly how much offense he could mount, because I've I've seen a lot of how much he can take, and so I want to see what he would do to try and put The Fiend away.
2: For me, this one was tough Um, I went down All the, the superstars On the Smackdown and Raw rosters And the only person That stood out at first Was Daniel Bryan But I couldn't think of who he could face In NXT that would make it a dream match So then I kept going and I thought about it And what I would like to see Is Apollo Crews and Keith Lee I think that would be an amazing match Both guys are extremely Athletic they're bigger dudes. Um, I just that was the only thing I could really think of, um, and one of the matches that I I was thinking about, it already happened, so there was not much I could do. Um, I thought about Finn Balor, and I'm like, but he's already wrestled most of the you know. So I'm gonna go with Keith Lee and Apollo Crews.
0: Okay, that's not bad. Okay,
1: watch it. That's different. Yeah, I've got two, and I'm gonna start I'd with fast
0: forward probably, but I'd watch
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start with the women. And it's Io Shirai and Asuka.
0: Okay, it's fantastic. I
1: think Io Shirai and Asuka will work very well together. I'm sure they have history in Japan as it is already. I I think that would be a fantastic match. The other one that I have, and I felt really confident nobody would take it and they didn't, it's The Fiend, but Dexter Loomis. Okay. Uh, I would love to just see the storytelling between these two in a match and not only that but just a lead up to a match and what that would look like between Dexter Loomis and The Fiend uh, that would be very entertaining for me.
0: I think the feud would be great, but I'd imagine Fiend would beat him pretty quickly, right? He's already had two losses. I, I
1: think so, yeah. I, I think you get more out of just the storytelling the in the match and the, great, the build. Yes. So so that's where I'm thinking there. I just
0: love the idea of Bray and Fiend constantly trying to do their spooky thing. And, he's just and Loomis there. is just in the audience. like He loves the show. He's their biggest yeah. fan. You know what? And, and when I think about it, it may be better to just
1: be Bray Wyatt and Dexter Loomis for that. Instead of the Fiend and Dexter Loomis. Yeah. Uh, because maybe you can get to see more of the expressions of Bray Wyatt in that match as well. So either way, I would take Fiend or Bray Wyatt. I'd take
2: Fiend because it would be amazing for them to get in the ring and just watch someone fool and stare down the Fiend. Just not care. That would be cool. And like he takes, he takes a couple bumps right away where he gets back up and consistently stares him down. But ultimately, Fiend gets the upper hand. But I think it would be a different twist. Where right now you have people like I ain't afraid of the fiend or anything, but then you have this guy who legit is not afraid of the fiend and just stares him down the whole time to almost wear the fiend kind of.
1: And the and the other twist on the other side of the coin is for Bray Wyatt, he can respond to Dexter Lumis's stare and right. kind of laugh, you know, have have his laugh, and maybe to what Roy said, use Bray Wyatt because the fiend is so strong. Right. then maybe you get a better match out of Dexter Loomis and Bray Wyatt. So I would be okay
0: with either one of those. All right, guys, let's take a second to talk about Backlash. Uh, Greg, why don't you tell me some of your favorite parts of the pay-per-view? Because it's
1: the greatest.
2: I
0: No, no, you know what? I'm going first.
2: Uh, look, because the you tone. doubted me. Look
0: at the tone. It was the greatest match ever. Edge versus Orton. That was my favorite part of Backlash. Um, I I had a lot of fun leading up to the build-up of this. I felt like nobody really took it seriously, myself included, Edge and Orton included. It was just meant to be a fun thing. Once I realized that, I started to get a lot more excited. And in some ways, I mean, they really did put on a hell of a match.
2: You know, Yeah, in the last four minutes uh, of it. You know what?
1: A lot of people really enjoyed this. And I, I may need to watch it again. With a different mindset,
0: you guys didn't feel the same. No,
1: I was so exhausted from what they did um, with making this like the greatest match ever. I just couldn't get into it. I I tried, but my thought during the whole time was just negative. Um, because I guess the expectations they put on them. I don't know. I just got. I
0: really think it falls into there. There was two camps. I think there was a lot of people who really. I think there was the people, and I don't mean this in a negative way at all. But I think there was a the mindset like I had where it wasn't really taken seriously. And then there was another side of it that's like, this is a joke. You just took it as a joke right away. I never I never took it seriously, so I was able to have more fun with it, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I, I wanted to come in that way, but the just, I guess, every, all the pressure that was put on them, especially Edge.
0: And did you get to see a lot of the back and forth between Edge and Orton over social media? No, I did not. Because I think maybe that, maybe that may have been a part of it, because they both acknowledged, like why the fuck would you call this the greatest match ever? Why would you give a, that kind of expectation for us to live up to? And then they would kind of make jokes back and forth about things being the greatest ever and stuff like that. So that also helped me. You know, it's these these two guys, two legends, neither one of them were like, we're going to go out there and we're going to be the absolute best in the world. They're make, kind of having fun with it. Yeah. And so I, I just, I loved it. I'm so upset that you guys didn't. Um, I loved the... It went through a lot of wrestling tropes, too, which I kind of appreciated. It this did. was this would have been the time for it. Um, and then instead of spamming each other's finishers, they started spamming started using all other people's finishers. finishers. I thought yeah. that was creative and hilarious, and I actually started wanting them to kick out more just so I could see other people's finishers. <laughs> um, what, what about you guys? What did you enjoy from Backlash?
2: So I'll, I'll touch on some things that I enjoyed from that match real quick because I don't... I don't want to say I completely hated it, but like like you're you're gonna like the shitty match from WrestleMania, but you are not gonna like
0: the greatest match ever. I even
2: said I didn't really like that match at WrestleMania. I said it went on way too long, and it had a stupid ending to it. Like I, I wasn't, I was just happy Edge won. That was it. Uh, With this one, I was very happy that Orton finally hit the pun again. That was something I was happy about. I was happy that the switch was finally able to be hit. By Edge, you know, Christian has been trying to do that shit for years, and Edge finally pulls it off for him. Um, The back and forth, like you said, you know, Orton hitting a pedigree, and then it's just everything in that moment, I was just like, oh shit, this is amazing. because They were going through like almost the years that they built up to this, and just everything that they've went through, and they've seen each other get put down by... And thinking they could do the same, the pedigree so was the
0: official moment. It became that, the greatest match ever. By the I figured. Way. I
2: thought to myself, "I was like, all right, Roy loves this now." <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. It's hard for me because I was there was a lot of backlash. Like I couldn't tell you what happened in the Drew McIntyre match. I just I was so out of it for most of this that I couldn't tell you what my favorite thing
0: was. I think it would have been much better off if this was their first match. I think, I think that would have so. been a lot better.
2: I think so. Um, a lot of the matches I just I wasn't into. I think the one I was probably into the most was the women's tag team match, uh, the triple threat. So, But again, I, I still wasn't invested in this pay-per-view to tell you half the stuff that happened in that match. All
0: right, Blake, I'm going to give you one opportunity to talk about the next best thing on that pay-per-view. My,
1: so for me, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, I actually really enjoyed Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. That was the match I wanted to see the most. Uh, I really did enjoy it. They Even I, with the finish? it didn't. The finish like... bothered me a little bit. Uh, and it's something that I was hoping wouldn't happen. But at the end of the day, when I, when I took a step back, I was like, you know what? I feel like they wanted to accomplish making Bobby Lashley a little strong. And they really did in this mm-hmm. match. So this was one time where I would have preferred to get a regular finish. But if you're going to use that to kind of make it look like Lashley had him. And you want to continue the storyline that way, I was okay with it. So I'll go with that match. The pay-per-view itself, I don't think, was very good. Uh, it was very forgettable. It, even when you asked this... When I seen this in the show notes, I said, uh, what happened on Backlash? And it's, it's only been a week, and I forgot. So, and, and I don't want to be negative about it. I just, I don't think it was that good of a show. But I did enjoy McIntyre and Lashley the most.
0: Okay, so yeah, not, not one of their greatest shows. I was still able to have fun during, and I'll give you Lashley and Drew. It did... More for me than I thought it was going to. Uh, the answer I was looking for, though, was the Viking prophets because that was I don't know what the fuck happened. That there. was definitely one of the best parts of the show that, for me. See, I don't know
1: how I feel about that because it was such a roller coaster ride. I was having fun, then I was annoyed because it was like this is going on for way too long. I I don't I don't know how I came out of that at the end. I I was like I didn't get a match. I got some stuff that was unique. And cinematic and different, but then I was like, I think it just went on too long. I, you made a point in the past that WWE, sometimes it just,
0: they just... They drag on, They yeah.
1: drag it on, yep. and I think they did in this yeah. case, and it ruined it a little bit. Oh yeah, bit.
0: there's definitely a lot of examples of that. It's like they just stretch things out just for the sake of it. Um, Alright, I guess we're ready to jump into Rant and Rave then? Yeah. If that's all we have to say about the pay-per-view. Alright, my number one rant for the week... Oh, this week's rotation is Herbiga, right? We're keeping the uh, yes, keeping the same rotation. Okay, so Roy, Blake, Greg
1: got some lovely music in the background for yeah. The I wonder if
0: anybody can hear that. I don't know. I
1: <laughs> I'll try and tune it out when I edit things.
0: Uh, so my number one ra- rant for the week is going to go to AEW, and it's going to be for going to commercial during Sammy Guevara's singing. <laughs> now, yes, there there. This is mostly mostly satire and mostly comical. But to be honest, I was pissed off. I wasn't happy about it. It's a mistake. Somebody had... Uh, Johnny had texted me and said something something overdramatic. I can't remember. Like, cancel AEW. What they did was disgusting <laughs> during Jericho's entrance. So I'm like, oh, Lord, what did they do that was offensive? And so I'm watching intently the whole time. And Sammy comes out. He's still on his scooter. And he starts singing. And when it cut off, I knew instantly what he was talking about. And this really was... Uh, for every rant that I have written, even though it is you know partially a joke, this really was the worst part of wrestling for me this week. I was furious about this and I'll let you guys go from there.
1: Understandably so because he sings Judas and it's enjoyable every single time. My number one rant for this week is It's
0: gonna-,
1: <laughs> gonna go to Smackdown for ruining my Matt riddle. Debut! Okay, it's really not going to. But for those who don't know, apparently here, I don't know if it was just local or it was Fox in general, but we had technical difficulties for the first 20 minutes of SmackDown, which was during AJ
0: Styles and Matt Riddle's debut. Thanks for taking two of my What kind of market? shit is so that? So were you guys able to see the... What did you not see? The okay. match?
2: So for my end, there was... I didn't see half of the... the uh, The belt being put on AJ, that whole like promo, whatever was going on there. I saw Matt Riddle come out, and then it kicked off again. Came back in when some... I think AJ was like, you need to wear shoes in my ring or some shit. Then it cut out again, and then they were in the middle of a match. Cut out again. AJ was pushing Daniel Bryan around. And then, I think he got back in the ring and was trying to jump when Riddle and Riddle hit his finisher. More. Was it a similar experience for you?
1: Exactly. because. Ladies
0: going- and gentlemen, it's time for <laughs> Rant versus Ray.
1: Well, I really dug us in a hole. This was supposed to be a kayfabe rant, first off. But you know what? I'm just going to go with it at this point.
0: Alright, you were done? Yeah. So, you're not going to give it a... a I'm, I'm, the reason I'm going against you here is because it's whatever... Shitty cable providers you guys have. I did not have the same issue. I was able to actually watch it, and it was pretty good. Uh, AJ constantly antagonizing Daniel Bryan. Uh, at one point, he even went outside of the ring during the match and kept shoving him, saying, "Go ahead, ruin his debut. Ruin his debut." Knowing that I got the salt. I got. Knowing to see that the match Daniel wouldn't, I thought that I thought that was really great. It showed a lot of intelligence on the side of AJ because he knows I can do what I want because Daniel's the type of guy. And even if Daniel does ruin it, AJ still gets what he wants. It was a win-win for AJ. Um, he is very upset that a- that uh, that Matt Riddle never wears shoes, and Matt Riddle told him it's fine, bro. I never wear shoes. AJ said, "You're missing the point." <laughs> so he continued to get more upset. It actually was it was a pretty good debut for Matt. It was a great showing for uh, Daniel and AJ. Also, I did have some issues, but mine didn't cut out. Quite as much as your guys did. I had that, like, had like that five minute, that very long one at first, but I did get to see uh, the rest of the match.
1: Well you had like three different times where it screwed up, and this is the weirdest Ram versus Ray we've ever had because really, this is a rave. I want to see Matt Riddle, and I was pissed off about this. Uh, so, honestly, Greg, I think you should give it a rave. I so, but I just is, upset, so I had to vent.
2: So this is my biggest issue. So. Are we talking about the match? Are we talking about the outage? Because you brought, <laughs> you brought them both up in the beginning and it took away two of my rants. Well, how can, how can time, you give a
0: show a rant <laughs> for the network outage? Because
2: it it's bullshit. It is Fox, bullshit. Fox hypes them up so much. Fox wants their name thrown in everything and then they fuck it up. Um, but it, it's hard for me to say which way because you brought up two things. So, whereas... I feel like the Fox outage was definitely kayfabe, because that's why I had it on there. Yeah, The actual match is a rant for me. Wow. Because although Matt Riddle got the win and I enjoyed that, it's just another way to 50-50 book this. He gets a win in a non-title match to then lose in a title match is how I feel this is going. So it's hard for me to enjoy that win. This, is,
1: this has got to be the weirdest thing we've ever had. Because it's I rave the match is a
0: rave.
2: You start arguing with him now. <laughs> I, in the I I almost disagree with it's him. A and he's written that now. now. You know what? It's it's gonna have to go as neutral without a a, a side pick. I so 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 let me recap. Because I'm, I'm against the, one, and in the other, I'm I'm, I'm not against. I'm
1: ranting about the broadcast. I'm raving against everything else. Right. Roy's raving agrees with me and raves, and Greg disagrees and has a rant over the broadcast and the match itself. What a clusterfuck! It's,
2: I, I can't pick it honestly. It's going to have to go neutral for me because <laughs> I see where both of you are coming from. You didn't really make it clear what we're freaking. It was supposed to be a cave save rant.
0: Don't, I don't want to do. It's I don't want to do any neutrals. I hate neutrals. It's,
2: that's a cop-out. That's 50-50. Both it's people. a rant because he said both are a rant at if, the end of the if, day. And if, I disagree. If we're going to go by what's on my on my list, it, but it's not against me, jackass. It's against you. I everybody. know. I <laughs> know. <laughs> What the I think you just called Matt Riddle a rant. I think rant. I you like, Bro, you were, Why would you really use did. it as your rant if you didn't think it was a rant at all?
1: I just said it was supposed to be a kayfabe exactly, rant, and then you you,
2: it, you give it a rant anyway. But it's a, both of them are on my rant list, so it's going to be a rant. Wow, thanks. Wow. Thanks, Blake. What a thanks, mess. Thanks, Blake.
1: What a mess. So, so I'll never do that again.
2: And, <laughs> and my next one is going to be, and it's not Miss TV itself. It's Sonya and Mandy's back and forth. And specifically, I'm looking at you, and then I'm looking at me. I'm looking at you, and then I'm looking at me. Okay, we get it. You're looking at her and then looking at yourself. Right now, I'm looking at you. What are you trying to fucking say?
1: And you're looking at me.
2: But then I'm looking at me, looking (laughs) at you. I don't know what the hell happened there.
1: What the hell happened to this storyline? Yeah,
2: this whole thing was... I don't know. I don't know what happened here anymore. A big thing is, and I'm surprised it wasn't talked in the news, is that apparently Dolph Ziggler's traded to Raw. What? Yeah, WWE announced it. That WWE, and, they, and they worded it as WWE trades Dolph Ziggler to Raw. They messed up their own post. <laughs> Not SmackDown trades it. They said WWE trades him. Aren't they all WWE? <laughs> anyway, so, so he's out of this story anyway. I said last week when we talked about this, that Dolph Ziggler seems to be put on the back burner with the storyline. He's not showing up anymore. Otis isn't really involved in it much more other than uh, Sonya bringing him up in these promos. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know where this went. Something we were completely interested in has become something that I could give two shits about now.
0: Place, oh, yeah, sounded more like Luigi than it did uh, <laughs> Otis. And, and
1: sometimes that's on purpose, you know. But, yes, I agree.
2: So, yeah, that's going to be my number one. Okay.
1: I, yeah, they it sucked. That was a shitty segment. But I, I'm I, looking at you. And I'm looking then at Then I'm looking at me. Very well done, Sonya.
0: My number one rave for the week is going to go to Randy Orton over on Raw. Uh, I loved the. I loved that they showed me Ric Flair with Charlotte because it instantly threw me off in the beginning. I thought Flair was there for Charlotte. Then he's talking to Christian about the match. And I don't know about you guys, but I did not see the low blow coming at all at the end. Even though I should have. Because Ric Flair's love for Randy Orton is one of the most consistent things in WWE. It's the most consistent story out there. He loves Randy Orton. And when he hit the low blow, it just caught me so off guard. I love when wrestling can do that. Orton hits the punt. Quick three count. And I'm also also somebody who, if you really commit to something... As ridiculous as it is, eventually you can win me over. You really can. And so now I've become a fan of Randy Orton kills people and then apologizes repeatedly, saying that he didn't want to do it. Because he did it to Edge and it was so stupid. And now he's doing it to Christian too, and I'm just like, alright, you really are a little bit crazy, aren't you? Um Yeah, it's this may be the first or maybe second time that Rawls ever gotten the number one rave. But this definitely was my favorite part of the week, and I want to hear what you guys thought about
2: it. So, at first, the whole... The back and forth of leading up to this was like, okay, we know that he's going to accept the match, no matter who tries to convince him not to. Um, after after Ric Flair was talking to Christian, um, I had a feeling there was some shit going on, because, we, like you said, it's one of the most consistent things. So, I saw that happening. Um... And especially since he's doing it because of how much he knows Randy Orton. So then he had, you know, the, the bell rings and he he low blows him. And my first thought was, is doesn't that give Christian the win? Then I remembered it was unsanctioned. So I'm like, oh, shit, now he's getting punted. And then that's what happens. So other than the predictability factor, I wasn't upset that this happened this week. I enjoyed most of it. Um Obviously, I'm a huge edging Christian fan. You know, Christian's not in my top five, but... Given that tag team for a long time and just everything that they've done together, I'm big behind Christian too. Hell, I think I was behind Christian as much as I was behind Zack Ryder when y'all weren't behind Christian. So, um I, I wasn't upset with it. I, I do think we get an Extreme Rules match, but I wasn't upset with it.
1: I actually really enjoyed it. I think it was a great way to start off All by having Christian out there and setting this match up. It's something I didn't think I was going to see. And when they brought it up, I'm like, okay, I really want to see this. I really do want to see Christian have one more match. So I was okay with all the backstage stuff because he hasn't been around for a while. And that stuff did make sense. And it did tell the story. I was completely okay with the ending too. As much as I wanted to see more out of Christian, I was like, you know what? That's the point. That's the point of this. They know we all want to see Christian have a match. That was We were supposed to have that feeling where he just gets hit in the dick by Ric Flair and gets punted. I love the punt. I love that the punt is back. I enjoyed all this, and this is actually my number two rave of the week.
0: Uh, you know what? Uh, let me let's dig a little deeper into this real quick because I was thinking, where does it go long term? Um, and I, the first thing I thought was with Randy Orton going back to the Legend Killer. That was the main thing I was thinking. Is what is the point of that? Is it just going back to the Edge thing? And then I wondered, could this be leading to a match with Ric Flair? especially now that they can pre-record and get all the spots right. But, um, and this will be my second time mentioning him on the podcast today, Johnny brought something up to me. And um, he said that, he brought up a good point. He said there's somebody backstage that he believes is probably dying to do one of these cinematic matches and that it's Triple H. And it made complete sense to me. And I'm like, you know what, I bet you Triple H is dying to do one of these style of matches so maybe we get something where eventually Orton does something with Flair and Triple H steps up. I'm hoping that the whole point isn't just I'm the legend killer again so I can face Edge a third time. But how would you guys feel about it leading to something like that? I actually don't want to see him wrestle. I, I think I, as much as I want to see Triple H do a cinematic match, I don't want to see Orton and Flair feuding with one another. Because like I said, that the love that Flair has for him is one of the most consistent things in WWE.
1: I'd be completely okay with Orton and Triple H. And we all know how it starts. You want to match with me? You got it. (laughs) Alright. Whose turn is it? It's mine. So I've got a question for you guys. Because I don't want to take away too many raves. Does anybody have anything backstage for Raw as any of their raves moving forward?
0: No. Uh, Potentially. Is it female?
1: Just in general, you do have something backstage.
0: Yeah, well, men and female both have Okay,
1: so, because I don't want to take away too much. I was going to give a rave simply to Raw for all the backstage stuff that they did this week.
0: I Uh, think it's fair to say that you want to give Raw a a rave for their character development. Okay, there
1: was a noticeable difference this week, at least in my opinion, in the way Raw used their backstage segments. Mm -hmm. There were so many, uh, more than usual. They do a lot of backstage segments, usually in WWE. I felt like there were a lot more, and they weren't forced. Yeah, they felt they, more natural. They felt natural. They felt like they were building characters by like not forcing a story on you, such as Charlotte with Ric Flair in the back. Yep, uh, it had nothing to do with Charlotte at all. But Charlotte's with Ric Flair. You know, that's just, it just makes that makes sense. sense. Those two would be back there talking. Um, our truth and Drew McIntyre consistently, and I'll dig more into some of that later, but. I just really enjoyed it, and I think it made Raw a bet a much better show. I remember talking about the three hours with you guys. If they want to start filling three hours with more of this, I completely am okay with that. All
2: right. Uh, so my number one rave of the week is going to go over to NXT, and it's going to be Roderick in therapy, and Kyle <laughs> O'Reilly as his therapist, and I mean. Everything about this was perfect, so he doesn't even realize that O'Reilly is his therapist. <laughs> he never looks over to see who he's freaking talking to the whole time. He's losing his mind, and he he comes out to say that everything revolves around the trunk itself. So we we get to a point to where they do the whole, uh, and I always pronounce this wrong, and I always have. Is it Rorschach or Warshat? The knows? pictures. Okay, I'm it's gonna go with mystery. I'm <laughs> gonna go with Rorschach. Um, so, they're showing him these pictures. The first one, he's like, ah, there's nothing there. I don't see anything. The second one, he's like, oh, that's Dexter. That's Dexter. And he freaks out. The last one, he's looking at it and he goes, turn that upside down. He goes, that's a trunk. That's definitely a trunk. They're like, dude, it's not a trunk. You can clearly see this picture is a trunk. And he loses his mind. So, O'Reilly, at this point, starts yelling, calm down! And then freaking Adam Cole looks at him like, yo, cut it out, cut it out. And he goes back to his whole weird voice thing. They're like, look, man. You have to face the trunk. You have to face it. You're strong. You can do anything you want. You have to face the trunk. So, he does. They he walks up to the trunk and he looks at it and he steps up like he's going to fight the trunk, which was amazing. <laughs> then he freaks out. He goes, "I can't do this." And just runs away. Uh, just runs away. His commitment to that full sprint
0: is what is made a, the entire thing dude, for me.
2: The whole this whole thing was was awesome. Like the last couple weeks we were getting kind of this thing where it's like Roderick was tired of Adam Adam was tired of Roderick and now it's like they're throwing this comedy into it it was amazing that O'Reilly's his therapist and he just doesn't know (laughs) like I I loved every part of this and it was one of the best like segments of the week to me
1: it it was it was one of my favorite things this week and Undisputed Era has I've lost a lot of interest lately because they've just done so much this pulled me back in because I had a lot of fun
0: alright my next rant I'm going to give it to Dakota Kai versus Caden Carter. And honestly, this wasn't that bad of a match. Uh, I felt like wrestling was really good this week. I had a lot of fun with all the shows. And when I sat down to try and find the weakest parts of each show, this was one of the ones that came up. So I don't have a ton to say about it. It's, just, it's not something that I'm interested in. The Dakota Kai stuff feels very start and stop for me. And that's why I've lost a lot of interest. Um, yeah. That's that's all I got to say about it.
1: So mine what was supposed to be a number one, and I screwed everything up, was supposed to be for NXT. And it's Bronson Reed against Leon Ruff.
2: And it's the fact that I'm Ladies getting...
0: and gentlemen, it's time for Rant
2: versus Rave! There there was This is two weeks in a row now for you. There is nothing
1: there is nothing good about this at all. I don't want to see Bronson Reed. And I knew from the start, when they had Bronson Reed and Leon Ruff, I said, well, Bronson Reed must be facing somebody that he's going to lose to next week. Before they even said anything, he squashes Leon Ruff, and then what do you know? He's got a match next week against Killer Cross, or Carrion Cross. He's going to lose, clearly. Why? Why? Just, you know what you could have done? Just have Bronson Reed backstage and set this match up this way. I didn't need... 30 to 60 seconds of Bronson Reed against Leon Roth. And NXT keeps doing this. They keep giving me these filler matches and it's been their biggest problem. This one really bothered me.
0: Uh, I agree that they've done it a lot and that it has been a problem. The only part that I disagree with is that this one did not bother me. I actually had fun with this one. The match itself was pretty funny. Um, I really appreciate that he helped the guy up and carried him back, like carried him over his shoulder backstage because he had beaten him up so bad i thought that was hilarious and i love the idea of Reed just straight up calling him out even though he's going to get his ass beat i'm really looking forward to carrion throwing around somebody this big i think that'll be a i mean ultimately the goal was to get to a squash match for carrion right this was a good way to do it this was much more interesting than Next week, Reed comes out, and we're like, "Who's his opponent?" And then Karian's music hits, and we're like, "Okay, obvious squash match." While he stands in the corner, and smoke fills the ring.
2: So, it, it's going to be a rant, um, and it's simply because I just don't like Bronson Reed, Dick boy. I don't like him. Uh, I I don't remember much of the match. I remember the whole setup for next week, and it's I, I don't I don't like it. My next rant is going to be, uh, I'm going to say pay-per-view rematches for Raw. Um, I think we had two on Raw. Uh, You had Nia Jax and Asuka, who, uh, why? Why? If that was going to be your finish to this match, why'd you even have it? Um, it, it, I'm tired of seeing something on pay-per-view and then you see it the very next night. I fucking hate it. That's all I have to say about it. I fucking hate it. He fucking hates it. I do Wait.
1: too. It, it is frustrating.
2: What but, was the other pay per view rematch? Yeah, what was the other? There one? was a. There was one. I don't think it was an exact pay per view rematch. I think it was the the. Uh, well, oh, it was the the other thing that pissed me off was the tag team thing. The ninjas from the whole. Oh, you make shit. it. Uh,
1: well, that's one of my rants. But
2: well, that's. I mean, if you want to go for it, go for it. No, I'm
1: not going to give it to him twice. But I
2: felt like that was a whole rematch thing. Like, you just did this whole thing where you destroyed these ninjas. Now we're going to put you four together and do a match-match. Like, it's the same thing. Just not cinematic.
1: I... I... And Boy, how did you was, feel uh, about that? Because you said you liked the cinematic. Did you think it was stupid that they did... No, uh, I
0: didn't, but I don't feel like arguing. The just Viking, Just right to pick your side I, again. No, it's, was, you know
1: what's funny? I had a feeling that you enjoyed it. I did. When I was watching it, and I hated it. So, the Viking Prophets... I'm not allowed to
0: fucking like anything on this podcast. You're not.
1: You're not. Um, we are totally against anything that you like. I see. At this point... No, I the Viking Prophets thing with some makeshift ninjas bothering me... Nia and Oscar also did, so I agree with both of those, and I'm not going to go over that again.
0: All right, we're back to me, right? Yes. On rave, yep. so if I'm allowed to like something, maybe maybe we'll see. All right, let me see if I can. I'm going to go with the women's booking on Raw. Uh, the uh, it starts with the, and this may this may take up a few things, but I feel like it really it really all goes together. Starting off with Liv Morgan almost having the win on the Iconics. Just to end up being uh, in a two-on-one situation and losing. I was a little upset for Liv Morgan to take a loss. Ultimately, not that big of a deal because it's a tag match. And that's not the kind of competitor that she is. So, it doesn't really have that much of an impact on her singers, singles career. Um, I like that the Iconics then call out the champs. They get no answer. Later on, we have Natalia and Lana backstage talking. Which we talked on a lot of the backstage mm-hmm. stuff. And they're both pretty delusional like wrapped up in themselves kind of having two separate conversations to one another i liked
1: i liked natalia and live too before that
0: yeah me too me too yeah. um and then later on sasha and bailey comes out after not coming out when the iconics <laughs> challenged them and so it was great when the iconics came out like hello we're still here <laughs> and we've been looking for you and challenged them to the tag match it was a story that was told throughout the night and kept me very engaged
1: yeah i'm curious to see what the hell lana and natalia is I, I, probably something that I won't enjoy in the future, <laughs> uh, but but still, you're interested But, right but now, still interested. But I really did like the Italian live moment, uh, and and I think that was something cool and uh, ties to what I said. That's why I didn't want to take out too much with the backstage stuff. But mm-hmm. they did a really good job this week. And sticking on Raw, I really enjoyed Raw, and I'm going with our truth,
0: bro. Our truth is one of my raves this week. Fantastic. All take right.
1: It away. So so let's let's start. Let's start in the back with R-Truth hiding from Bobby Lashley under a ring. I don't know why there was a ring back there. And then he crawls out because the ninjas are trying to get him under the ring. Uh, he thinks he's going to get Drew McIntyre's belt if he gets the pin in the tag team match. Fucking hilarious. Right? Then, he's the, he's the reason in the first place that the titles are even on the line. He basically books the match and goes, yeah, we'll, we'll put the titles on the line. His 24-7 championship and Drew's WWE championship in a tag match that R-Truth could lose. So I'm, I'm intrigued already about this match. Then he sees that McIntyre is just not happy about it, which obviously, rightfully so. So he changes the match. Hell of a guy, that R-Truth. And make sure that only the WWE Championship is on the line in this tag team match. And not his 24-7 Championship. Further further enraging Drew McIntyre. Hilarious. I love R-Truth. I was so happy to see more of R-Truth. And he was great on
0: Monday. So, I've alluded to this before. And I think R-Truth overplayed his hand with his entrance this this week. When he comes out and he talks about... He kind of refers to himself as being a legend. Surviving in the game. And... I realized for sure in that moment that R-Truth is actually one of the smartest wrestlers in WWE. He constantly is finding ways to position himself to be relevant on the show, to get a lot of time on these shows. And he's had several main events because of the stuff that he's doing. And, And I don't think it was any mistake. That he went and got it so that his title wasn't on the line and that only drew back a i think that that was intentional i think that he is he is playing this stupid character but i i think he is an absolute genius in marketing himself uh, he constantly finds a way to be
2: wrapped up in something big and important i love that he acknowledged that no one takes him serious just because of the things that he does and that He's like, look, man, you're not going to lose your title. I just need for someone to have faith in me. One person to just take me seriously for once. And then, I, I honestly, I didn't expect the tag at the end. I didn't expect Drew to give him the tag to let him pick up the pin. I thought that was pretty cool. Shows like, okay, somebody takes him seriously, knows this man can wrestle. And I thought that was a pretty cool You know, ending to everything. Um, so how, I, I enjoyed that how did too. you
1: guys feel about, and I've seen this in the past, how do you guys feel about a title like that being on the line in a tag match? Because every time they do it, I love it. I, and it's not something you can do often. It needs to be like once a year, or you know what I mean. It needs to be very rare. But when they do something like that, like I'm, I'm very engaged in it how the match it's a different
2: goes. Twist on how to defend it. It
1: does, and I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it as well.
0: I liked it too, especially since going in. I think it's easy to look at the match and be like, all right, our truth takes the pin here. Mm. And so when you have Drew's title on the line, it gets a lot more
2: interesting. Um, My second rave this week is going to be Cody versus Starks. Uh, This one, it's the match itself. Week after week, Cody gets a rave because he, he puts on one of the best matches every single week. Then we get this this new guy in AEW, you know, he, he came from, uh, what was it called? Um, NWA. NWA. Um, and, you know, he says he's the hottest, you know, free agent and stuff. Unfortunately, I never watched that stuff, so I didn't know who he was. This guy, I feel like, got highlighted big time to that to the point to where his debut wasn't a bad debut. He, he gave me everything that I needed to see him do in the ring, and losing, I don't think, affected this guy. Um uh, I I love how like I love how Cody is just putting certain people over. It's it's giving it not only is it interesting, but he could very easily be putting people in these matches to just squash them. But instead, he's giving these different, you know, wrestlers in there and highlighting them. He's ultimately getting a win, but he's not letting the person go down looking bad in any way shape or form. And I loved how we have a new talent and he made him look strong, and I'm more. And I'm interested to see more about this Starks guy.
1: So I have an interesting take on this. I thought it was a wraith, and I liked what they did to showcase him not only in the match but before it with the video. And then something I thought about was AEW likes to in their squash matches treat it as a debut, and I was like, did I just see a squash match? I didn't realize it because afterwards I seen that he's actually signed with AEW. So I was like, was this really a squash match and a way to do that? I was like, and it and it wasn't, you know. If you right. watch the match, but it was just unique because the way they position squash matches is also by debut, and this was a debut. So I don't know if you guys thought about that, but that was something I thought that was kind of, I was like, kind of a mind fuck. I was like, wait a minute, what did I just watch here? Was it a good match or was it a squash for Cody? So something, something different.
0: Something that I want to add in here. I haven't looked. I haven't looked into it this morning, so I don't know what the the latest is. But last night, unfortunately, it looks like NWA is done. Mm. I saw that because of the COVID-19 and everything. Damn. You're really enjoying that, too. Yes. Now, I'll tell you two names that I want you guys to watch out for on AEW. Two people that I absolutely love that made NWA worth watching every week. I want you to guys keep your eyes open for Nick Aldis and Eli Drake. Which you guys have heard me uh, impersonate on the podcast a few times now. I really hope that both of them make their way to AEW. Uh, But we're back over to rant now, correct? Yes, sir. Final Final rants. rants. My last rant is going to go to Kevin Owens versus Garza. Would you stop? (laughs) Uh, Again, Um, when I... Ring (laughs) the bell. Really?
2: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: it's time for Rant versus Ray. Um, Again, when I look at all the shows and I try to find the weak spots, this was one of them. Um, I I I don't know the exact number. This match could have only happened a few times, but I feel like I've watched it 800 times. I feel like it's been on Raw every single week for about three years. Um, Kevin Owens is gone for a few weeks again. I don't I don't know what's going on with Garza. They're best friends. They're worst enemies. They're best friends. They're worst enemies. I can't really follow the story anymore, and I'm just not interested.
1: I refuse to sit back here and let you rant about Kevin Owens every week. I let it slide for the past
0: but few this weeks. This time it's Kevin Owens and Angel Garza.
1: Which I we refuse watched him again. He's his
0: wife on NXT. Right? I, you know what? I, actually, Why does he keep hitting on women? I don't know. I watched him propose You're to not going to
1: sway me with that. I agree with that. But I like Angel Garza. And I'm actually enjoying the Andrade and Angel Garza what feud. What was your
0: favorite part of the Kevin Owens and Garza match? Can you remember any of it?
1: The stunner. It always is the stunner. But
0: look, here's without you, Greg. You didn't watch any of the shows. Do you remember this match? (laughs) Look, here's never watch any of the shows. I don't know how I'm even here.
2: Here's the
1: thing: you have a hatred for Kevin Owens, a deep hatred, and that's all this ring is really about. And I won't let it happen. I won't stand for it. It wasn't that bad. Was it amazing? No, I'm not going to lie to Greg. It First wasn't all, amazing. let's be
0: honest with one another. I don't hate Kevin Owens. Yes, you do. WWE hates Kevin Owens. That's, that all is true. All I'm doing is playing by the damn rules of the show that tells me Kevin Owens is one of the worst professional wrestlers in wrestling because he can't win a match to save his life. He won!
1: Now, you could say it was because of Andrade, but Andrade also... It was inter- because of Andrade. But he also interfered on Kevin too and distracted me from
2: <laughs> You gave him permission. No.
1: Here, here's the thing, Roy. Our judge has a Kevin Owens shirt on. All right. I have faith and, in our judge. And
0: I bet that he wants a hell of a lot more from Kevin Owens than to face Angel Garza every single week. Because was, that's what it comes down But
1: to. that's not true. It was only the second time he faced Angel Garza. Second he's faced
2: time. somebody in this stable every day for the last for at least as long as I've been watching wrestling.
1: That I can agree with. Okay. I'll let it go. So
2: I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan. Uh Same none yet. of you can see me right now, but a lot of people would say that if there's a doppelganger, it's Kevin Owens for me. He's um, great, he's Greg Owens. It's it's got me to a point to where I even have said during Smash stuff, fight opus and fight for my last name because it goes so well. I love Kevin Owens. It gets a rant. Mm. I'm tired of taking the shirt him. off. I'm tired of, out of seeing here. him used in the way he's being used, and I'm going to take it a step further, Blake. Because something you said, I hate that he uses the stunner.
1: I know you've said that before. I
0: right? don't think he looks very good when
1: he it does doesn't. the stunner. It doesn't. It looks, looks weird. You know. You know what? I I agree with that. I, I I like the pop-up power bomb better. It's so much better. Um, I don't think he should. I he did with that shit the
0: Mark Henry. That was one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> I there, There's no argument there I do think the pop powerbomb was better I'm okay with the stunner It's not as good as Stone Cold I'm so. not
2: It makes him look weaker Than what he, he was And that's what WWE's doing right now So yes It's getting a rant from me Um, it, And it does feel like this match has happened 30-some times in, in just the last week it's happened so they times. so
1: they had they had one match then they did the triple threat with and the then three they of had them the tag team. yeah and they've had it, the tag team always, and, and it's always a variable before.
2: there's always a variation of this type of match and it gets annoying yeah Pull the string on this match. I, do something big and end. I
1: just want to end Roy's hatred for Kevin Owens. That's all this is about.
2: Oh, I wish it would end too, but yeah. i also want my hatred. Well, you WWE. just encouraged it
1: by giving him the ring.
2: My hate, mine is towards WWE for using him in the way. So I've gotten annoyed with Kevin Owens storylines. All
1: right, enough about Kevin Owens. My rant, thank you. Enough is going to <laughs> AEW and MJF. And this stupid ass ring every <laughs> match. This is the only, the only wrestler on AEW who I can't stand at this point. <laughs> and I know... It's like cutting a promo and stuff who I can't uh, stand. I know is a junkie. <laughs> I know that that's how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to feel this way. But I don't like it. And I don't have fun. And when he gets in the ring, especially with this match, I knew it. I'm like, he's going to hit him with that stupid fucking ring. And he did. And I just... I don't enjoy MJF right now. And I wish I did. And that's my rant.
2: Like I said, I've been back and forth on him. One week I get behind him, the next week I don't. I'm starting to lose interest in him again. We knew from the second he got this ring what what every match was going to consist of. It was almost like Regal back in the day with the brass knuckles. Every single time he's going to find a way to get this ring. Um, so, yeah, he annoys me. My final rant of the week is going to go to Shorty G and Mojo backstage. <laughs> that was my next backstage. one. <laughs> I'm going to give it to the backstage part because Shorty G goes, it doesn't matter what his height is or what his weight is. I've proven time and time again that I can fight against those guys. But what he needs to realize about short guys is that we have eyes in the back of our head. And he turns around and punches Mojo in the face. Okay. What are the worst programs I've of all never time? once met a short person with eyes in the back of their head. My
1: girlfriend's short. She don't have eyes in the back and, of her head. And
2: let's be fair. I've never heard anybody use the line, short people have eyes in the back of their head. So where where did this even come from? And why didn't Mojo stand there for so long without just attacking him first? I, the whole thing was... is was all I got. horrible. It's, the whole thing Can I ask stupid. you to a question? Yes. What
1: is Shorty G's finishing move?
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: Clearly it's a roll-up. Because every Shorty G match... We've,
2: we've said this multiple times. Is, is him
1: overcoming the odds with a roll-up. Every single time it's horrible
0: alright last raves there's still a lot of good ones here I have a lot left I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the best friends versus the sex gods on AEW um, as soon as this match was made I thought that the best friends were absolute idiots because their team that I don't think is very good I think they lucked up by even being number one contenders they haven't had very good matches that even got them to there in my opinion not a lot of great tag teams that they're going up against so it's crazy that they would put their their title shot on the line here against somebody that is clearly going to beat them and what was able to happen here is that I was able to see that best friends do deserve to be in that title match because man they really put on a show against both of these here and i think that that's why it stood out so much to me because i really thought that they were stupid and i thought for sure these sex gods are taking that position i don't know did you guys feel similarly did you think they were losing this year so i did
1: did. and it's interesting that you chose this one to me because i do think it was really good but i don't think it was the best tag team match on the show, it so. wasn't.
0: It wasn't. It was. It was just the psychology of getting me to think. Okay, these guys deserve to be in the title match. That put it over. Okay, but uh, fundamentally, the match itself was not as good as. And it was
1: good,
2: but you know, it, I I've been behind best friends a lot. Like I've I've liked them the whole time. Um, I agree. They haven't been spotlighted in a way that they could be. Um, I don't I don't think they're that. I don't think they're the that origin, good.
1: Though. Uh. Compared to exactly. what they have. And let's be honest here. That's comparing them to some amazing tag teams. Oh, I yeah. think they're fun to watch and they're good. But they're 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 like tier three.
2: Exactly. Tier two. That's what this match did was it brought them up. Yeah. It made me think give they, me they wrong. deserve it. I, I think that they should continue using them in singles matches. I love Trent when he's fighting singles matches. Trent's definitely the best Trent one. Is, oh, yeah. Trent for sure yeah. is the best one. Um, But... He's well, the best, the actually,
1: I I don't know if you want to include Orange Cassidy in that. Lately, I'm starting to think Orange Cassidy might be Bro. the best one, Bro. and we'll see more of that. Him,
2: him versus Jericho, I love oh, it. I'm loving it. Um, go ahead, Blake. So, shit, man. Go ahead. I,
1: I have two. Hit Come one, on.
2: man! Come on! No, it it's Tip as your as your uh, as
0: your last raid. Do
1: it. No, that is close, but it's Aww. not up there. And there's two Ooh. that I really enjoyed, really had fun with. I'm, I'm gonna sure. stick I'm gonna with I'm gonna stick with my order. Okay. We go AW Britt Baker and the Notes. All right, I'll God
2: it. damn it! That was my last one. Um.
1: Britt Baker and these notes, I thought again a hilarious thing that AW did to keep Britt Baker relevant.
2: When they
0: showed the little mechanism, I was. Dying. It was
2: great. Mine was it, literally Britt Baker's pulley system. And, <laughs> and
1: it was funny because at first he reads the note and we don't see the pulley system, and I'm like, how? Where is she sending him notes
0: from? Why does he continuously like entertain her? Like why? He, I don't know. Almost like he
2: really believes they're friends. I sometimes. think I
1: think Tony really deep down does want to believe that they're friends, but he he acknowledges her faults yeah. and he wants to help her overcome her faults.
0: It's so funny. She's so awful to him and he'll he'll keep helping her out or being part of interviews and stuff like that. Like she clearly has some fondness for him. I yeah, because there
1: there keeps... still is something there. She put him in a friendship timeout. A friendship timeout. Uh, at a
2: point to where when she comes back, I feel like she's winning the title and and he's going to be the reason why she does there's going to be something he does
1: I'm all right that, that helps
2: her winning the title. But ultimately, it's going to play on everything where she's back and forth with him and he's going to also fuck up and cause her <laughs> to lose the title eventually. And it's going to put everything full week. circle. And he's going to, <laughs> see, he's going to go Tony. back in the friendship timeout.
1: I also like that Big Swole star- stole the cart. Yes. Um, because Big Swole and Bert Baker are something I want to see right now. And I like that they continued to move that further by having her steal the cart. She's like, going for a ride, bitch. And she's in the dumpster, and then she's like, it's been five hours. And it's probably it's been, been like minutes. 10 <laughs> minutes. And as she's like trying to get her, I don't know what Reba's doing. Reba's not pulling her out. She's, she's just looking worst. at her. She is. I agree with Britt Baker and the way she feels. Then she's like, Reba, it's been six hours now after it's been like another minute. So the whole thing, very well done. Love it.
0: She is amazing. Somebody suggested that her and Chris Statlander do a cinematic match in wheelchairs. <laughs>
2: Be I am um, totally down for that one. It's going to be like the uh, the cripple fight from South Park. <laughs> um, so with this one, when when she fired her for using the bathroom, and she was like, "You're you firing me? I'm oh, free? I'm free." And she walks away. She's like, "No, you're not fired." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, like she's she like I didn't fire you or whatever that." that yeah. Reba clearly hates her job. Oh my god, yeah. Um. So my last one is. It's gonna. It was between that and this may seem like a weird one to put on there, but it's going to go to SmackDown. It's going to go to Corey Graves. And it's going to go to him finally acknowledging that he's been trying to drive a wedge between Bailey and Sasha. I don't know if you guys caught that, but Cole had said something. And Graves said, don't even try. I've been trying to drive a wedge between these two for years. And the fact that they finally acknowledged something like that, because we've even mentioned... Braves constantly sets us up for them not being friends anymore, and then it never happens. So the fact that he finally acknowledges that he was trying to and failed, I thought was a subtle little you know thing to throw into the commentating this week, and I enjoyed it.
1: I liked that he was quiet for a good bit. My uncle's like yard over there, Corey. <laughs> he's like, he's basically considering putting a pencil to his head because they were driving him so crazy. He cannot stand those two, and they were great on commentary as well. So that's I like cool. He's
2: like, let me help you. She's like. No, I don't need your help. And then he she puts it on and she, he turns the call and goes. I told you, she didn't need any help. <laughs> so, what was your guys' favorite show this week?
1: Monday Night Raw was my favorite show this week.
2: I'm I don't know. AEW's is fantastic, but I think Monday Night Raw is my favorite. I'm I'm probably gonna go Raw too. You sound so depressed. I don't know which one this week was. I had a great week. Each show, honestly, to me, was on the same level. If I'm going to pick the best show... I disagree
1: with that completely. Okay,
2: if I'm going to pick the, base, the best show based off of rants, it's AEW for me. It had the least amount of Which
0: roles. show did you have the most fun watching, if you don't look at Penny, Yeah, without your list. I
2: had fun with all of them. That was the thing. You had
1: fun with I, NXT. NXT,
2: okay, NXT was probably the one I didn't have that much fun with. But I, I didn't had have fun. that
1: much fun with SmackDown, I had, either.
2: I did. I had a lot of fun with SmackDown. Really? I Greg, you're going to have to pick one. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go AEW.
0: Okay. Uh, honorable mentions. Greg, you have any for Rant? For Rant, it's Big Show.
2: Why is it wow. every time... Why it is didn't it, do anything! Why is it every time that there's a big guy, Big Show has to come out and be the savior?
0: I loved Big Shows. I think this is the best use of Big Show. That was... yeah. Did, that you say, did
2: you see the knockout punch on Tozawa? It was so <laughs> bad. He literally went... And that was it. He didn't swing through or nothing. That's all
1: he needed, Greg. But why, is it,
2: why <laughs> is it that every time there's a big guy, clearly Viking prophets can handle this big dude themselves. Oh, I love, is it, uh, what are their two,
0: what are both of their names? Eric I, and, I, I and Eric, yeah. Which one is it that keeps trying to fight Eric, the giant ninja? Eric, Eric. That's hilarious. Even back. at that
2: pay-per-view when he first saw me said, <laughs> I got him. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. Uh, but why is it Big Show always has to come out when there's a big guy? The other thing is, last time we saw Big Show, he was challenging for the world title as a heel, and now he's coming out making a save. Oh, that's clearly his like, gimmick. That, this don't Big Show. Get this no, that is clearly his gimmick. Big Show is, is neither face nor heel. I'm waiting for him to start crying again.
0: <laughs> um, I do. I love. I love Big Show. He's almost. It's sort of like that Dolph Ziggler status for me. Is where it's like, even though it's not relevant, and you're doing the same thing over and over. I just like the guy enough that I can be I can be happy for him sometimes. So,
2: I'm, I'm going to say it again. I said it I think I said it last week when about binge watching shows. Watch The Big Show show. No, I'm I'll not watch going to 30 now.
0: seconds of it and I'll never turn it oh on again. Oh my god. I'm not dude. going
2: to
1: now after your rant. Your honorable. You got
2: to get into it, dude. Big Show himself is freaking hilarious.
0: I'll try again, but man, it was rough for that little bit of time <laughs> I, mean, I watched dude. it.
1: All right. <laughs> on to my honorable rants. I've got two left. They are both NXT. One is I was I was going to avoid comp- completely avoid writing this down, oh, wow. Zia and Aaliyah until they found a way to screw up the roll up finish. I I don't think I've ever seen someone screw up a roll up finish, but they did because she didn't have her sh- she picked her shoulders up at two and then she rolled her up back up again for a three count. I was like, how does this happen? I uh, I don't understand uh, how professionals screw up a roll up finish, but they did. They found a way. And the last thing that I have is I know it's been a while, but I feel like I've seen Damian Priest and Killian Dane a hundred times, and I never have fun with the match, and that's what I got.
0: Priest versus Killian was all mine, also, and then why is it so boring? I like Priest,
1: but why is it so boring? And Dane's had no matches.
0: There's no investment in Killian Dane. This is the role that he's been used in for months now. I'll randomly pop up maybe get a win so that somebody else gets a, lo- a win over him. But most of the time, he just pops up to take the loss. So I think that's the issue. Um, and then I also had QT and Dustin on my rants, because I think the only reason they got a title shot is because they're friends with the Elite, and I'm also tired of Dustin does a flip, and everybody's like, wow, what a fantastic wrestler. <laughs> you hate
1: that Canadian Destroyer and Dustin.
0: Uh, so honorable mentions on Brave, Greg, you got anything?
2: Uh, I do. Uh MVP Calls Lana a Thought. Yeah. (laughs) I had to rewind that to make sure I heard it correctly. MVP Called Lana a Thought. Thank God. Um, I I have his written down as Orange Cameraman. Orange Orange Cameraman. Cameraman. That's his new nickname. Um, And then I enjoyed Brisango coming out. Making fun of them as uh, Fabio and what was it? Uh, What did it? Marsupio. Marsupio, Marsupio, I thought it was hilarious. Okay, is
1: that all you got? Yeah. So that was my next rave uh, that I really struggled with was Brizango mocking Imperium on a title match, and I love that they had like a little dance beat to the music. Um, I thought that was hilarious. There was like a little little beat thrown in. I mean, come on, man, Brizango, they're they're great. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was hilarious, and it and it helped me get into the match. More because the whole thing is, you know, hey, we're we're fucking goofy, but then we're gonna be serious.
2: And the match started slow. It did, but it was but pretty it got, good. It, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed,
1: I, I enjoyed it. it. Um I'm gonna do two more and then I'll let Roy go on his The Young Bucks and the Super Bad Squad was really good. Uh yes, I, it was. I had a ton of fun with that. The Young Bucks are so they're so fucking good. I don't think I've ever seen a bad Young Bucks match. At this the, point, this the
2: man trying bad, to use this man trying to use a wrench in every match. I know. I want him to be successful with this. Uh,
1: the Super Bad Squad was really growing on me. Obviously, now we know some things that uh, we're not going to be seeing Super Bad Squad, so maybe I can start to get behind Kip Sabian. But I like Havoc better, uh, so we'll see what happens there. But that match was really well done.
0: The Suicide Squad. I think they really need a way to close out their matches. That seems to be the. Suicide squad, he's done that. Before. I'm gonna do that constantly. Yeah, he's done that. I'm before. going to do it. Constantly. I actually
2: questioned myself. I was like, Was it not super bad squad? When
0: I said suicide squad, uh, you may have noticed I started to talk a little slower because in my head I was like, Why would they call themselves suicide? <laughs> that's what I was thinking internally. I was like, That seems a little, a little too much. Okay, super bad squad. Um, I think they need a way to close out their matches because I'm constantly impressed at how much offense they're able to kick out of and some of the offense that they even deal. There's so many times where I'm like, they might have the win here. But they really need a different finisher and a little bit quicker because that seems to be what catches them every time when they're trying to wrap up the match. Um, I'm sad that we probably won't see that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. and I think we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's come out next week but I want to give it a chance to know what we're talking about. Yeah, we just don't know enough.
2: For now, one, for the sake of the show and the platform we have, we're going to be unbiased until things come out. If something we liked or disliked on a show, it's simply going to be about the show for now.
1: And and my comment was more based off AW statement, that oh, yeah. he is um, in rehab right. and stuff like that. So we do know for a fact that we're not going to see him for a little bit. It has nothing to do with any of the other allegations. But
0: I think the act of the Superbad Squad is one of my favorites in a long time. It is constant chaos. There's it's constantly cool. something to watch between Havoc, Kip, and uh, Penelope. Penelope Ford. Mm-hmm. There's somebody on NWA that I was worried I was going to mix up the names there. That's why I paused. Um, there's just constantly something to watch there. And they come so close every time. Um, but did, did you have another one? I just have one time? final one. Okay.
1: And it's the Dark Order handing an envelope to Colt Cabana. I like what they're doing with Colt Cabana. And then, not only did they do that, but they helped Anna Jay out of the ring. And I'm like, ooh.
2: She lost against Avocado. I yeah, that was. I don't know, what, the fuck I don't know
1: what to make out of that. That was unique itself. But Anna J, I was like, I'd like to see more Anna J, and I was like, oh, the Dark Order. I was like, that's kind of unique. And they did the whole Star of the Show thing, and they kind of the gave her gave her like a, a theme to, you know, a wrestler that I haven't seen much of. And I'm like, the Dark Order could use a female, and and this makes sense. So I really like that. I like on both ends.
0: That's all mine too The Anna Jay stuff was great It was built up In the beginning As Anna Jay This is the one we're behind This is clearly Who's winning the match mm-hmm. And so when she didn't uh, It made me take a little bit More notice of the other person Who I also don't know How I feel about at the moment I don't either She's different I Yeah. That.
2: I don't know if I like it right now uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, kind of go either way like for me. my thing, but I don't... I'm going to give it a chance because it's different.
1: Oh, I'm going to give and it a and chance I like, for And sure. I like that.
0: And then Anna J being put into the Dark Order right after is another example of what AEW does, is that even in defeat, you can look pretty good or we can at least make you interesting. Um, some of the other ones that I have is I actually thought the ref fast counting for Nia was hilarious.
2: Oh, yeah, after trying did, to ring the bell. I did
0: like that. Um, I'm really behind this Strowman Express branding now. That T-shirt they did a few weeks ago was absolutely awful, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the cut-ins of the train and that it's him and that the pyro—that's like the steam stacks on the side and everything. I think uh, I don't know. I just like comparing him to a train a lot more than comparing him to a monster because he was a monster at one point, but now he's kind of—he's more humanized. He's a little more joking around and so to keep calling him a monster doesn't work for me you know How what many more times I, you gotta watch I can live
1: with that I think what really killed us was they did the t-shirt That's never sure. mentioned yeah, for one they that never that even sure mentioned awful. anything about this express thing yeah. they did the t-shirt first and then they did this but you know what I can live with the entrance
0: um Apollo cheating Benjamin I thought was was great I love EO making sure that her title was the last one shown um she wasn't gonna be put in the background she wanted to make sure that she was out there the nxt winner take all match if given a conclusion is really fascinating to me Um, those three guys facing and i have to imagine if they're going to go through the trouble of a triple threat for the one title and then putting the two people together that there's going to be an actual conclusion i would hope so. i would hope so i really hope that we don't go through all of this i
1: i don't want it to be just a rating thing or that that's why we're tuned in and we don't get anything out of it there needs to be something there needs to be conclusion
0: um, and we talked about this one a little bit, Sasha Bailey on commentary. I thought it was genius to put the women's tag champions commentating on the men's because it just gives a chance to showcase their personality without it having to intertwine into a feud that they're doing right now. And they killed it. I love the Sasha and Bailey stuff with commentary every week. They were chanting Lucha, Lucha. They marked out because they felt like Big E just did his regular move and they're like, Oh Bailey the Belly and they both kept cheering really loudly for that.
2: And they were doing a thing where they were even rooting for the faces and stuff throughout the night, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then the
0: appearance of Dominic on Raw, I really loved. I'm really interested in what happens with Dominic. I feel like I feel like he joins. We see a lot of we we see a lot. There are a lot of second generation wrestlers out there right now, but I feel like this is this is the first case of me growing up with a wrestler and then their child coming into wrestling, and so I'm inter- I, that makes me a little more interested in Dominic for that reason, and I like that he didn't just get beat up or something like that, like he kind of got one over on him, he was younger, he was able to just maneuver around him and got out of the way, Seth's furious about it, I'm definitely interested in that, and I, I'm i wondering if we're getting pretty close to Dominic's in-ring career. Anything you guys want to say before I announce the winners?
1: No, I don't. Felt like it was a pretty good week of wrestling. And
2: I, had, I, I had am really...
1: My biggest takeaway was what you said with the titles with NXT. Uh, I haven't had a lot of fun with NXT. And I'm hoping this changes that.
2: Alright,
0: uh, so in last place this week... Friday Night Smackdown. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> in third place... NXT. Your winner... Monday Night RAAAARGH!